This is Blue Zoo Radio, a show dedicated to the aquatic hobby. Here's your host, Frank Reese. Welcome to Blue Zoo Radio. Appreciate everybody joining us wherever you may be. If you haven't seen already, we are up on SoundCloud now. We've always been up on iTunes. Also, podcast.com and through bluezooradio.com as well. We also have instant listening for downloads. All the, I, I guess there's really no excuses for not listening. We have it just about anywhere that you can get to it on your mobile device or on your computer, whatever you're doing. Also, the latest episode of Blue Zoo TV presented by Hikari featuring Fluvalos Up where we're at the New England Aquarium doing some behind-the-scenes stuff. Got a ton of comments and feedback from me getting shocked by an electric eel. I, I do this for you folks. It's, it's not for my enjoyment. Um, <laughs> we're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, way cool uh, guest today. He is the uh, president and CEO of APPA. We'll get more involved in that. Um, Bob Pateri. We're going to take a real quick break. Come back with Bob right after this. Fluval, discover life below water. Fluval's pioneering spirit and commitment to technology and design are reflected in its wide product range from the technically advanced Fluval G-Series filters to stylish yet practical aquariums, including Fluval Edge, Chi, Profile, and Studio. Without Fluval's innovations, the world's aquariums would be far less inspiring. Go to fluvalaquatics.com for more. Carabsee, the company that brings science to life, has a revolutionary patent-pending process that resembles Live Rock. The product is Life Rock. Safe, copper-free, no pests, no cure, no wild pH spikes. It's real, it's Life Rock, and it looks amazing. Nature-protected, nature-perfected Life Rock. Go to Carabsee.com for more. Every week, Ikari brings you a special guest from around the world of aquatics for a unique perspective on the industry. We call it Spanning the Globe with Hikari. Welcome back to Blue Zoo Radio. You know, we always pride ourselves in bringing uh, the movers and shakers of the industry to the show. I can't think of a bigger mover and shaker than our next guest. He is the president and CEO of APPA, which is the American Pet Products Association, Bob Battieri. Bob, how are you, sir? Good, Frank. How are you doing? Great. I really appreciate you taking some time. Thank you so much. Absolutely, my pleasure. Although, uh, having missed seeing you get stung by an electric eel, I'm not sure you may be the bigger mover and shaker here. Uh, good point. Um, I'm not going to re- relive it for you, but if you want to see it, it's up there somewhere floating around social media. So it was interesting anyway. I'm sure. You know, one of the things um, I- I'd like is because you know I talk about the Global Pet Expo, which you guys are obviously massively involved in, which is the biggest show in the country. Um, I also wanted to talk a little bit about the industry because for those who don't know, APPA, the American Pet Product Association, you represent thousands of pet manufacturers, you know, the pet products and suppliers. I wanted just to get your take for a couple minutes on the industry as a whole and how kind of global came about. But first, I know I wasn't going to ask you any questions about aquatics or any of, any of the other things we cover, but APPA really has a big scope when it comes to all pet, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, uh, Frank. I mean, you know, we represent over 1,200 manufacturers of everything from, you know, dog food, cat food, pet food, all the way down to sexy underwear for your dog and everything in between. Uh, Even Halloween costumes for your turtle, which was interesting this year. (laughs) But it is, you know, global is truly an industry perspective. I mean, we have an aquatics lounge that that takes up probably, you know, 2,500 square feet of just 
every kind of aquarium, fish. It's just beautiful to see. And, and it's amazing how many people during the course of the show will just stop, sit, look, and relax as you're running around six miles worth of, of uh, aisleways to every kind of manufacturer in the world to just sit and relax with the aquatic. So you, you're going to see all of that at, at the show. But, you know, the show continues to grow, and I think it's representative of a uh, quite a healthy industry right now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, over the last couple of years that I've attended, it seems to me that the international side of global has gotten bigger. Is that true? Well, I think it's stayed, percentage-wise, it's stayed pretty consistent. It's somewhere around 20 to 22% of the people on the, of the exhibitors are international. Now, that being said, that means its, it's number has grown where you know the number of booths have grown from about 2,900 to over 3,200 in the in just the last two years, you know you, that percentage of, of international continues to grow with it. You know it's interesting, Bob. When I when I had mentioned that you were going to be on last show or a couple of shows ago, um, as I put you on the spot before you even came on, um, I I got a bunch of people that emailed asking if APPA are lobbyists. How do you answer that? We're not. We're specifically not. We are a C6 and, and lobbying. We, uh, even if we wanted to do any, we have to limit it to, to less than 20% of our time legally. So, no, we, we don't do the lobbying. We do have a law firm in D.C. That, that represents us and does a lot of education as far as, you know, bringing our members up to speed on a lot of the, uh, you know, the laws that are out there governing, labeling, governing, packaging, governing, you know, ingredients and things like that. But we ourselves do not do lobbying, no. When you are representing 1,200-plus manufacturers, companies that are in the pet industry, how how much of a job is it to pretty much, you know, vet these people and go through? And I'm sure you have to turn some people down that might just not seem like they're going to be around for a long time. Do you have people in place that do that? Oh, yeah, we've got a whole section of our staff that just validates uh, membership applications and goes back to you know make sure that the people that it, the people that are members of APPA truly are manufacturers of pet products that sell through retailers to an ultimate consumer and that's the rules that's that's the way you are to, to be there attendees at the show uh, you know the the, the buyers and, and the like will be from you know people who actually sell to the public and, and uh, you know, buy it or distribute to the public. So, you know, it's very clear cut, but members, we, I've probably got four or five people on staff that validate all membership applications. I should probably also preface this because every time we spend the globe, I say where we're, where we're coming from and you're coming from Connecticut. So I wanted to make sure all the East Coast people got some love before I get shut down on that one. Greenwich, Connecticut, an interesting place to put a trade association. Yeah, I'd say, aren't you Aren't you kind of like around a whole bunch of insurance companies and banks and stuff like that? Yeah, and multi-million dollar homes and the like. <laughs> it's quite a, quite a view from the window, yes. You know, with, with the APPA and all your involvement and all the years that it's been really going strong with the pet industry, what could you put your thumb if you could or finger on some of the things that have changed in the pet industry are people getting more into the boutique side of things um we do talked about turtles with uh halloween costumes i mean is it got gin downs just a specialty so much now today well i'll be honest with you frank 
APPA was first formed in 1958, and back then a pet, you know, a dog was lived outside. You know, when I was a kid, my dog lived out in the backyard, and there was a a little doghouse with a piece of burlap hanging over the front, and you know that, and he was happy. He he was doing well. If he got in the house, it was kind of like by exception and mistake. You know, now fast forward to today, and you know my golden retriever basically decides when I'm allowed in the house and when I'm not, (laughs) or if I'm allowed to get into bed. But what's happened, Frank, and what's really, really accelerated everything over maybe the past decade is we've humanized our pets. Our pets are no longer animals. They're now a part of the family. They're, they're a furry, winged, uh, finny extension of the family, and we treat them that way, and we, we derive benefits from them. I mean, you know, we've got this whole human-animal bond research initiative foundation, HABRI, that studies the human health benefits derived from pets and whether it's calming people down or working with autistic children or helping soldiers with PTSD, we're deriving so many human benefits from the pet that we're starting to treat the pets like humans. And you're seeing that in the products. It's no longer just, you know, buy your pet tennis ball and a, and a rope collar. Now it's, you know, a mink lined collar and, and he's got, you know, his own walking leash and, everything else you could possibly imagine. But it's because we feel better rewarding them in human terms because we feel that they're rewarding us in human terms. It's a really interesting theory, but it really seems to be defining a lot of what's happening in the industry. I remember um, years years and years and years ago when I was younger, we had a dog outside, a beagle, loved it, loved outside. Actually felt a little strange. I think the dog was a little weird in the house right so he was outside i actually i actually went and took a picture and framed it of me like running track and put it in the doghouse in case it got lonely yeah i, I had issues back then bob nothing's changed yeah i guess so i've heard Frank. So I've heard. <laughs> it's funny when i was a kid my dog was a beagle too duke he was he was but you're right when he got in the house he was skittish it was like no i belong outside and, and out he would go you know it's interesting as well on the on the fish side um no longer, and your point's perfect, you know, no longer does somebody have, for the most part, six or seven fish tanks in the basement. They're bringing up the fish tanks and putting them in upstairs into the living rooms and becoming this huge piece of decor where, you know, I I don't want to say fish are part of the family, but they're kind of like part of the family. Same with the birds and the reptiles and everything else. So it has changed and I guess evolved to where for me, bits of it look like pieces of furniture for the home anymore. And I think that's exactly what your point was about, you know, making it more human. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've got a 50-gallon uh, aquarium here at work that, you know, has some of the most colorful fish in. And, and I'd be lying to you if I started telling you which ones. But, you know, beautiful. And, and there will, you know, you'll find us just wandering around and looking at it. It's a beautiful piece of furniture. It's, it's uh, you know, just great to look at. And like I said, you just, you feel calm when you watch them they're just such a peaceful movement but that's what's happened i mean like you said they've come they've come out of the closet the fish have and now they're they're living in the living room and and becoming a part of of the whole process the whole family process before you go i wanted to just ask a real quick question about global you know it always seems like when someone open when someone has something successful everybody wants to add it and make it more can you add another show can you add another location have you guys ever i'm sure you guys have had those discussions at some point many times over 
Yeah, we have. In fact, we had thought about, because our show is always in Orlando, just because we're so big, we don't basically fit anywhere else, and you can't really get to Vegas in the first quarter because it's booked solid with all these other shows. But we had talked about having, like, a smaller regional show to uh, go around the country with and, you know, get be able to reach out to more folks on the West Coast and in the, the Midwest and the like. But it's such an event that's become so big, it takes up so much of our time that really global, you know, occupies us endlessly. We finished global in March. About two weeks later, we closed the books on it. We're already working on next year, the floor plan, and we got members already coming up and, and talking to us about it. So it, it just hasn't worked for us to do that yet, but we haven't closed the door on it completely. With your footprint in Orlando and the Trade Center, um, obviously if those haven't, for those who haven't been down there, the Trade Center is massive. You only you only take up one, I think, of three of the buildings, right? I think so. We take up almost the entire West Building this year. We expanded. We're, we're close to a gross of a million square feet. Wow. And so we take up most of that building, and they're trying to talk to us uh, in a couple of years to move to the North-South Building and take up that entire building. We're just, we're just big. Yeah. <laughs> is there last question? Is there any limit? I mean, is there any limit as far? I mean, I guess the limit is how many people you bring on board. But uh, do you see a limit to what you're doing? Well, personally, if they don't give me a scooter pretty soon, my limit's going to be reached. Yeah. They're just trying to walk the show. And honestly, Frank, that's that's something we debate every year because it right now this past year to have walked the entire show uh, up and down every aisle would have been 6.3 miles. That's a lot of walking. Wow. If you if you wanted to just stop and talk to every exhibitor, you could only spend a little bit over a minute with each exhibitor if you were there every single minute the show was open. So are we reaching a point of saturation? Maybe. But at this point, members still want it. Uh, buyers still want it. They want that broad selection of all the possible new products that are out there. So I think at this point we're still going with um, you know, letting it expand as it naturally does. Good. Now I have a comeback for all the people that say, come on, you're a big baby. You're only, all you're doing is walking a show. They don't realize um, I've probably walked that thing three times a day. <laughs> so that's good to know. We had Fitbits were breaking with the number of steps <laughs> people were taking. So, yeah, it's big. It, it's, it's a lot. Well, Bob, I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Like I said, I always I always try to get some of the movers and shakers on, and um, you're an integral part of the whole industry. So thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Great job. Frank, thanks so much. I enjoyed it. That is Bob Viteri. From, he is the president and CEO of American Pet Products Association. Most people in the industry just call it APPA. Back in a minute, more Blue Zoo Radio. Setting up your first aquarium? Aquion has everything you need to be successful. From natural fish foods, self-starting power filters, decor, aquatic lighting, and of course, aquariums, Aquion has what you need, whether you are setting up your first or 101st aquarium. Check out all Aquion has to offer at AquionProducts.com. Because with Aquion, it's all about the fish. Ocean Nutrition Frozen Formula Foods has a new advanced formula with gel binding technology to maximize fish nutrition. Food for your marine tropical fish and made in the USA. For more information on the entire Ocean Nutrition line, go to OceanNutrition.com. 
Zidon's Novaqua Plus detoxifies chlorine and toxic metals while adding a protective skin slime coating, echinacea, and natural electrolytes and vitamins. Cordon's superior water conditioning products help make fish keeping easy. Visit Cordon.com and check out the entire line of products and ask for Cordon products at your favorite store. Cordon, trusted solutions since 1961. You know, we got a... Uh, update with Blue Zoo TV presented by Kyrie featuring Fluval. Last episode will be uh, next week and it will be whale watching right off the coast of Boston, Massachusetts. Way cool stuff because it's right next to New England Aquarium. You walk from the New England Aquarium about 25 feet, go onto the uh, boat, go out about 25 miles. Just check it out on Blue Zoo TV. It'll be up probably next week. I want to thank Bob Petiri, the president and CEO of American Pet Product Association for coming on. Great stuff. This is Blue Zoo. Thanks for listening. In a short time, Cobalt Aquatics has changed the game in the aquatic hobby. From our award-winning neotherm heaters to our classic MJ powerheads, easy to maintain EXT canister filters, and our signature probiotic fish foods. Cobalt Aquatics, your choice for Fish Geek approved aquatic foods and equipment. Go to cobaltaquatics.com for more. Tired of frequent water changes? No time to take care of your fish tank? Can't clear cloudy water no matter what you do? Let EcoBioBlock infused with beneficial bacteria take care of your tank and give you back the time to relax and enjoy your aquarium. For more information and to order, go to wondersave.com, spelled O-N-E-D-E-R-S-A-V-E.com right now.